Hello, 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 friends, and welcome to the She Finds Joy podcast, where we reclaim the super shiny lights that burn in each of us. I'm Kim Strobel, your truth-telling, real-talk happiness coach who believes in the power of showing up as our flossom selves, even and especially, my friends, when it comes to working through our hard stuff. After all, when we're playing in our arenas of bigness, life gets better as we get bolder. So buckle up for the no BS, zero fluff advice that gives you the small steps for big joy. One of the best things about She Finds Joy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other women who are creating more joy in their lives, just like you. You can find us at kimstrobel.com forward slash she finds joy. All right, let's dive in to today's episode. Here we go. Hello, everyone. And I am always delighted to jump into this week's podcast episode. What we're going to be talking about today is how do we overcome negative thoughts and negative beliefs and what's a tool that we can use in order to retrain our brain towards positive to really release the limiting beliefs that so many of us hold about ourselves and really begin to rewrite our story with a new set of beliefs. You see, beliefs drive everything in our life. They drive how we show up. They drive what we believe we're capable of. They drive the stories that we tell ourselves. They drive the value that we think we can earn and demand in the world. And before I dive into beliefs and everything, you know, one of the topics that I teach in education is growth mindset. But here's the deal. Growth mindset is not just something in education. I actually now teach this idea of a growth mindset in the corporate world and at women's conferences because growth mindset is a topic that's really out there. And it's based on this idea by Carol Dweck, who has this really profound statement when she says, the view you adopt for yourself profoundly affects the way you lead your life. And what she's talking about in that statement when she says the view you adopt for yourself, the view is your belief. It's your belief system. And your belief system drives everything. It drives your perceptions of the world. It drives your experiences and how you experience any event. These beliefs are a part of everything from, they come from how we were raised to the type of community we live in, to societal expectations, cultural norms, the family we grew up in, the people we surround ourselves with. And all of these things, all of this information that you've been getting since you were a little bitty child and every experience you went through and everything you participated in and all these people you've been around, all of that information gets filtered in your brain and that the brain filters that information and it decides to adopt some of that information as beliefs, beliefs that you hold about yourself. And those beliefs are a driving force to your ability to succeed in different areas of your life. And so what happens, and many of you have heard me talk about this is, you know, 
if you think about that, the view you adopt for yourself profoundly affects the way you lead your life, which means whatever it is that you believe about yourself, that is driving what you do or don't do in your life. You know, on average, we have about 70 thoughts a day. And if you're super stressed, you know, we have about 120,000 thoughts. And if you're super zen, you probably have more like 50,000 thoughts a day. But the interesting thing that we talk about is for the average human being, 80% of those thoughts are negative. And we've talked about this before. We, you know, talked about how we wake up in the morning and some of us have had 27 negative thoughts within the first 30 seconds. Now, here's what we need to understand. Why, why do we have so much negativity in our life? Why does our brain, for most of us, think so negatively? Why, when we wake up in the morning, are our first thoughts, oh, I don't want to get out of bed, and I didn't get enough sleep, and I don't feel well rested, and I didn't get everything done yesterday that I needed to get done. We're already in a scarcity mindset, right? And so here's what we know. This is just the way our, our brain is wired. It, it's the part of our brain that's called the reptilian brain. And the reptilian brain is the part of the brain that protects us from danger. And it comes all the way back from archaic times. In archaic times, our, our reptilian brain is what protected us and kept us safe. Our reptilian brain would scan the environment and it would look for danger. It would look for dangerous animals or dangerous conditions or dangerous predators right? Would we have enough food? Would we have enough shelter? Would we be able to pr protect ourselves? What kind of weather would we have? Could we survive the weather? And so the reptilian brain was a part of our genetics that was wired to pay very close attention to any and everything that was negative. But our world is different. We're different. We no longer, most of us do not have to scan our environment and look for the saber-toothed tiger or a rhinoceros. We don't have to scan our environment and look for people who are trying to kill us. We don't have to constantly be on the lookout for weather because we may not survive if a snowstorm comes. But the thing is, the reptilian part of the brain is still a part of us today, which is why our brain is naturally inclined to scan our world and pick out everything that's wrong with it. And for many of us, that becomes a new laid tape in our brain that becomes the new comfort level. It's what we go back to over and over and over again. And so if 80% of thoughts are negative for the average human being, what we also know is that 95% of those negative thoughts are the exact same negative thoughts you had the day before. In fact, as you go back to the first 60 seconds of your day upon awakening, if you think about it, many of you are having the exact same thoughts the first 60 seconds every day of your life. Now, for those of us who have been studying this, who have been learning about thought work, and that's what I'm trying to teach you is thought work, is how do we actually begin to co-create our life and how do we, how do we really begin to take charge of our thoughts. Because one thing that I know is that we do have the ability to rewire our brain and we get to choose what kind of thoughts we're going to have. And our brain doesn't have to always scan our environment for the negative. It's actually one of the things that I teach in my She Finds Joy course is that, you know, we have 
thousands and thousands of thoughts a day. And what we know is that from every thought that you have, many times you will attach a feeling to that thought. So you have a thought, and when you have the thought, it creates a feeling. So if you woke up this morning and your first thought was, Ugh, I have to go to work today. So your first thought is, I have to go to work. And that thought creates a feeling, which might be a feeling of depression or a feeling of unmotivation or a feeling of unhappiness about going to work. And so we know that the thoughts that you are thinking, those create feelings, feelings in your body, in your emotional response system. And what we know about feelings is those feelings then become beliefs. They become beliefs that you hold about yourself. And we know that beliefs are so powerful that they actually become your habits for life. And your habits become your reality. This is why Carol Dweck says, the view you adopt is profoundly affecting the way you lead your life. What she means by that is, whatever the belief is that you are holding is causing you to take an action. It might be causing you to take an action that you don't like, but either way, every thought creates a feeling, every feeling creates a belief, every belief creates an action that you take, and every action creates a habit, and all of those things funnel down to the current reality of your life. Let me give you some examples of this. Let's say that you have this idea that you want to launch a side business. You want to start earning some extra income and you have this desire or this hobby or this thing that you daydream about. But your thoughts tell you that's a silly idea. Who are you to become an entrepreneur? Who are you to launch your own side business? You don't know anything about business. You don't have a business degree. You don't know how to run a business. You, you could never make that successful. That's a total waste of your time. You're never going to make any money. And in your head, you're thinking, I don't have the skill set to do this. I don't have what it takes. I could never make that work. And you're having this, you know, entourage of all of these negative thoughts about something that actually started out as something you were passionate about. It started out as an idea that you had. But because after you had the thought of starting that side business or going after that dream business or that dream hobby that you want to turn into a business, you begin to have 70 other negative thoughts about why it wouldn't work. And then those thoughts create a feeling, right? A feeling of inadequacy or I don't have what it takes, or I'm not good enough. And those feelings, they become beliefs. You start to carry around the belief that there's no way you could launch that side business. There's no way you can become successful. And you let those feelings, those feelings determine what you do and don't do. And so we either live in extreme self-doubt, right? Like you doubt everything. You convince yourself you're not going to be able to do it. You're not going to be able to make it happen. You're never going to be able to earn more money. Or you learn to retrain your brain. You, you retrain your brain so that you begin having different thoughts that create positive feelings that then change those beliefs that you have. And once you change the beliefs that you have, you start getting evidence of the belief that, hey, I really can do this. I really do have this skill set. Now, 
let me just talk a minute about skill set because I heard a piece of research and sometimes I get confused and maybe I've said this on a previous episode and if so, I'm saying it again. I just heard a piece of research that a man only has to believe that he has 30% of the skill set in order to apply for the job. A woman, in order to apply or go after a job, she has to believe that she has 90 to 95% of the credentials. Why? Because as women, we need to get over our perfectionism. As women, we need to get over our feelings of unworthiness and inadequacy. This is our flaw, women, and it's time to get over it. Because when we don't believe in ourselves, then that is automatically hindering us from being able to put what it is we want to put out into the world. And I know with so many people that fear and doubt, when you really take a hard look at what's impeding your ability to succeed in any area of your life, fear and doubt are the driving forces. Fear and doubt keeps you frozen. It keeps you stuck. It keeps you from being able to make a move because you believe that you won't succeed. You believe that you don't have the ability. And like I said, I have particularly seen this with women. One of the things I have to really work on with women is getting them to peel back the layers and see the golden nuggets that are inside of them that are screaming to come out, to really walk through these fears and see that they are unfounded fears, you know, to get rid of the low self-confidence that they carry and get them to actually begin to take action to take little right action in the direction of their dreams. And once you begin to take little right actions, you start to get new evidence. And that new evidence, uh, it, it changes your thought patterns. It changes your feelings. It changes the beliefs that you hold about yourself. And it starts to create that path that, hey, it is truly possible for you to go after what it is that you most want out of life. And so how do we do that? How do we change these beliefs? How do we change these crazy thoughts? How do we quit self-sabotaging ourselves all of the time? Well, I want to teach you one skill that I have taught to hundreds and hundreds of people, thousands of people, in fact, and it's it's affirmations. And so I learned affirmations a really long time ago. Back when it was like woo-woo-y and people thought it was crazy to write affirmations and stick them on their wall. But here's what we know from the research. We know that words have power. Words have power. You know, let me explain what I mean by that. So many years, not many years ago, maybe 10 years ago, I wrote a Lily, when I was a school teacher, I wrote a teacher creativity fellowship grant. And in Indiana, they select like 120 teachers who want to be personally renewed and want to go on kind of an adventure. And so I wrote one about going out to Sedona, Arizona and learning how to meditate and really learning to go within. And while I was out there in Sedona, Arizona and having this amazing experience, I was told about a book, and the book was called The Hidden Messages of Water by Dr. Mizuro Emoto. And I began to read the book, read the book, because 
I was considering starting a gratitude practice. And I knew that this book was all about the power of words and the power of positive words and sending good energy out into the universe. And I read this book. I had already been immersed in the law of attraction. I was learning about the power of beliefs, the power of thoughts. And in this book, Dr. Mizuro Emoto began to explain that our thoughts and our words have an energetic vibration to them. They have a vibrational frequency, and that vibrational frequency has power. And he is a Japanese scientist who began to study the power of words. Now, many of you have heard about talking to plants, right? Like if you talk to plants, they thrive. If you say nice things to plants, they seem to do better than the plants who aren't talked to nicely. And even though this sounds crazy, you can Google it right now and find very sound scientific evidence that this is true. I mean, let me just tell you all, I have a money plant in my kitchen right now that my business coach sent me. I go to, I kiss that plant, I stroke that plant, I tell it all good kinds of good things. I'm really nice to my money plant, okay? Like if there's one plant to be nice to, it's your money plant. But anyway, we, we've heard about the power of words, but Dr. Mizuro Emoto proves this in his book. And what he actually did is he took water bottles, just a plain old water bottle, and he put sticky notes on different water bottles. And he wrote a word on each of those sticky notes. So on one water bottle, he had the word hate. On another water bottle, he had the word shame or guilt or sadness or ugly. And what we know is that those, those words have a very low vibrational energetic frequency about them. And then he took other water bottles that were similar, just the same, just another water bottle. And he wrote higher vibrational frequency words. He wrote words like joy, peace, happiness, and gratitude. Then what he did is he froze the water bottles. I don't know how long he kept them in the freezer, but he took them out after they were frozen and had sat for, the, for maybe, let's say, 30 days with different words written on them. And he studied, he studied the ice crystals from each of those water bottles. And he studied them under a microscope. And he found that the water crystals that came from the water bottles that had positive words on them, when he looked at them under a microscope, they were crystal clear. They were brilliant, beautiful, had lots of clarity. And when he studied the water crystals that were from the water bottles that had the lower vibrational frequency words like shame and ugly and fool and, and guilt, he noticed that those water crystals were deformed. They were fragmented. They were dark. They were ugly. And they, they in no way, shape, or form matched the water crystals that were in the water bottles that had the more positive, higher vibrational frequency word on them. You know what he even did, folks? It's kind of interesting. He even used different languages to see. He would maybe write the positive words in Japanese and in English and um, in, in Spanish. And he over and over again got the exact same results. And so what he basically set out to do was to prove that words 
carry a vibrational frequency about them and that words can have an effect on people or the things they are placed on. And so when we think about this, right, think about when people say something nasty or ugly about you or how if somebody <clears throat> criticizes you, it seeps into your bones. It's like a darkness. It feels yucky, right? And, and sometimes we let other people's opinions of us change what we think about ourselves. We let their opinions of us become the beliefs that we feel about ourselves. And I was somebody who used to do that. I, when people would criticize me for whatever reason, oh, it would hurt me so bad. And I would kind of get into a depression for days and, and I would think maybe they're right. Maybe I am a bad person. Maybe I am too confident. Maybe I am too intimidating. Maybe I am too aggressive. Maybe I am just a bad, ugly person because people would tell me this you know, say things about, about me in the community. And then I would let their words become the beliefs. And I would start to self-check myself like, Hey, maybe what they're saying is true. And I would feel kind of bad about myself. And I would think maybe I'm not a good person, but let me tell you how this girl has changed over the years. And we'll do a whole new episode on this, but it's interesting to me that I'm doing this episode right now and talking to you about this. And I was just told of someone in the, she finds joy, Facebook group, so in the She Finds Joy Facebook group, I have people from all over the world, all over the country, but there's also a lot of people in there who are from my hometown, Tell City, Indiana. And I'm not going to lie. I know that some people in there are in there because they just want to see what Kim Strobel is up to, right? Because when somebody's threatened by us, they will spew their ugly venom at us. They will try to knock us off our tree branch. They will do all of that because what you're really doing is you're, you're triggering them. You're triggering their inadequacy. You're making them look bad. And the only way for them to combat that is to strike back at you. And so I have known that there are some tricky people in the She Finds Joy Facebook group. Now, I don't know exactly who they are, but I've kind of known that not all, because there's a lot of great people from Tell City in my Facebook group, but there's a few in there that I've kind of wondered, are you in there to make fun of me on the side? Are you in there to see what I'm up to? Or, you know, anyway, I've had that feeling for a while. And today, one of my friends told me, she said, I don't know who it is, Kim, because it came from another source, but somebody said that they had taken a screenshot of something that you said in the She Finds Joy Facebook group, and they had sent it to one of my friends who told me about it, making fun of you. Now, words hurt, and I, I was, it, it hurt to hear that because my She Finds Joy Facebook group is a group that is supposed to be safe. It's a group where we're supposed to be able to be vulnerable, where we're supposed to be able to celebrate our wins without somebody screenshotting it and making fun of us. We're supposed to be able to talk about our weaknesses without somebody, you know, making us look like we're silly or crazy. And so it did hurt me. It stung me because I thought, who in that group, who is in there that I don't trust that would do that? And it did get to me. But the difference is, I used to cry about something like that. I used to let it think I wasn't a good person or that I shouldn't be sharing this or I shouldn't be telling someone what my weakness is or I shouldn't be celebrating a win. And the difference is, folks, is that now, even though it did sting today, now there's a little part of me that's just like, man, I really do get to you 
Like if you have to be in my private Facebook group where I put my heart and soul and energy and money, you know, I mean, it costs me a good hundred or $200 every week just to run the Facebook group. So if you have to be in there just so you can do that behind my back, I don't even think you're worth my energy. In fact, now what I know is that you're bothered by my ability to succeed. And so the reason I'm telling you that story is because I think we can relate because people's words, they do have power, but we get to decide what kind of power we're going to let them have. And before I would maybe let them have that power over me, but now I'm so strong in my belief of who I am that I kind of giggle at it. I kind of go, look, I wish you weren't in my She Finds Joy group and I'm going to kind of do some investigative work and find out who you are, but you don't get to steal my joy because I know who I am as a woman. And so this is just an example of words have power, but do we use those for a positive influence in our life or do we use them and let them eat us alive. And so what I want to do is I want to teach you a way to work with words that can really enhance your life. And I want to teach you how to write affirmations. Now, the science and the research do say that you need to physically write out your affirmation. You don't want to type it necessarily. It's better for you to write it out. And an affirmation is basically just a phrase. It's a phrase that is repeated over and over and over so that it begins to create a new neural pathway between the neurons in your brain. So for example, let me, let me give you an example here. Let's imagine that the pathway in your brain and all the stories that you've been told about yourself over and over and over. So maybe you've told yourself you're ugly. Maybe you've told yourself you're overweight. Maybe you've told yourself you're gross or nasty or lazy or not smart. Whatever it is that is that repeating tape, that that repeating storyline is that, that filters through your brain day in and day out, right? And it kind of creates this very deep rut which is the normal for you. It's how you respond. It's what you say to yourself. It's what's comfortable for you to say to yourself. And so what we know is, is that your brain, it, it responds, right? It responds a certain way in the way that it's trained to respond. And so, for example, if you've been saying these negative things about your self-image or your skill set, or you have past things in your, in your past that you're not happy about, but you keep reliving that negative experience over and over and over and over again, what that does is it creates a very deep rut and it keeps following that path until, until you retrain it. And mantras or affirmations, these are repeated statements that when you say them over and over again, they begin to create a new neural pathway. And what we know is that a new neural pathway produces a very powerful psychological response in your brain. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean that it actually changes the chemicals in your brain. I'm, and we know this, right? Like if someone, you know, just obliterates you or, or gripes you out or says a bunch of negative things about you, you have a psychological response in your brain and that psychological response has an effect on your body. And it's the same thing when someone says something nice to you, you know, when some like today, I got a really, really nice message from someone telling me how much I've helped her. And, 
and and that's what I chose to to stick to my belief. I I didn't choose the negative thing that came in today. I chose to stick to the positive thing. All right. Now, what's interesting to me is we all know self-doubt can creep in. This is not to say when you have a negative thought about yourself that you slap yourself on the wrist, okay? It's, it's not about that. But what I want to teach you to do is I want to teach you to write affirmations so that we can rewire your brain towards the positive. Now, currently I have 10 affirmations that I write, and I write the same 10 affirmations every single day. I write them as soon as I get done writing my gratitudes, I write my affirmations. And sometimes they change a little or sometimes I come up with a better way of saying them. And so I think Rachel Hollis actually calls it 10 dreams, but I do 10 affirmations. And as I write those 10 things that I'm going to teach you how to do, I don't just write them. I feel those words in the bones of my body. I feel myself putting it out there to the universe. I feel myself believing the words that I'm writing down. And my belief is so strong that it makes me take actions every day that are contributing to making whatever that dream is that I have a reality. Oprah Winfrey talks about using affirmations. Jim Carrey, the comedian, has talked about using affirmations. He used affirmations when he was homeless, living out of his car. He had no money. He was doing little bitty comedy gigs, but it wasn't enough to even, you know, pay the rent of an apartment. And he actually started to write an affirmation. He actually used a real life check and he wrote the check for $10 million to Jim Carrey and he put it in his wallet and he took it out and he looked at that every single day. He would drive through uh, the, the wealthy neighborhoods in L.A. He would sit in his old dilapidated car and he would see and feel and envision himself having the financial resources. He would see, feel, and believe that he would someday have a check written to him for $10 million. And I don't know the length of time, if it was seven years or eight years, but he landed his first big movie and the company literally wrote him a check for $10 million. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that you just write these statements and that they magically appear into your life. It's the writing of the statements over and over and over and over so that you train your brain to have the thoughts that back up those statements so that you train your body to have the feelings and the belief that those things are happening at some level in your life. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to kind of teach you the process that I use for writing affirmations because what we want to do is we want to bombard your subconscious mind all right and the sub subconscious mind is like the thoughts behind the thoughts right so for example I'm talking to you right now and I'm giving you this information but you're actually not just having thoughts about the information I'm giving you you're having thoughts about what you think about the thoughts that you're having that's your subconscious mind. And what we know about the power of the subconscious mind, there's actually a book named The Power of the Subconscious Mind. I think it's by Joseph Murphy. 
But what we, what we know is that when the subconscious mind gets told these statements over and over and over, and it gets flooded with these images and these feelings, what we know is it trips your belief system. It, it hijacks your belief system where you start to believe what the subconscious mind is already believing. Okay? And that belief makes you start taking actions in your life so that you can make those dreams a reality. When we're thinking about this, we do want to be careful with the words that we say or the words that we write because we know that words have power. And so you don't want to write a statement such as, I want a bigger savings account. You don't want to write that affirmation because the word want is sending a signal to the universe that you have a lack of it, all right? So it's not a positive word. Want means, hey, I don't have it. I want it. I need it. And so what we want to work on doing is we want to work on staying in a state of gratitude, a state of appreciation, because actually the word gratitude in itself has one of the highest vibrational frequencies. It's higher than love. It's higher than joy, like gratitude holds one of the highest vibrational frequencies. And in fact, you know, I don't know if you all follow Wayne Dyer, but he's another one that has taught me a lot about um, thought leadership. And, and he really talks about this idea of vibrational frequency and that our words have power. And in fact, he says there are two words that have great power. And those two words are the words I am. I am. And he says when you break those down, they are actually an expression for the name of God. And so, you know, when you say I am before an affirmation statement, it I am is the God that is living with inside of each of us, the divine spark that we all have. And so I tell people a couple of things. Look to make sure you don't have any words that are kind of negative or that express a lack of. I encourage you to use I am whenever possible, but, you know, out of my 10 affirmation statements, I think seven of them start with I am and three don't because it just didn't make sense. Um, but I am has a lot of power to it. And we want it. So we want to make it positive. We want to use the words I am whenever we can. We don't want to say I wish or I want. Okay. I am as if it's already coming to us. You see the difference? And so like, I don't want to say, I want to own a lake house someday. Because want is not a word I would put in there. I own a lake house, and it feels very peaceful. You see, that's a positive word. That's a positive space. Um, now, let me give you a few other examples, because sometimes people are like, well, how many do I have to do? And what are yours? And can you give me some ideas? You could start out with one affirmation. You could write three. You know, I don't care how many you do. I, I do 10, and I write them down every single day. So, for example, my number one affirmation that I write every single day, or let's say most days, let's say 90% of days, I am an exceptional wife today. My second one is, I am a loving and supportive mom. Another one of mine is, 
I am healed from panic disorder and feeling empowered. Another one of mine is I am, I'm sorry, I have a strong, no, it is I am, sorry. I am happy, healthy, and energetic with a strong kick-ass body. You know, as I'm sitting here, I don't have my journal in front of me, so I'm doing the best I can to remember mine. One of mine is I fly only first class. That's one of mine. It doesn't have the I am statement, but I fly only first class. I have no shame in that. I want to fly only first class. I have to travel a lot. First class is a lot roomier. It's a lot more comfortable. I don't care if somebody judges me for wanting to fly first class. I can get my laptop out. I can do some work. I can take a nap in between gigs. So one of mine simply says, I fly only first class. So the point of this is to figure out what it is that you want to embody as an intention. Because for me, when I write, I am an exceptional wife today, and I go out through, throughout my day, and let's say that Scott triggers me or ticks me off or whatever, I can't do it every time, but many times I choose the higher route because I know my intention is to not just be a good enough wife, but to be an exceptional wife to him. And I'm not gonna lie, sometimes in my journal, you can see I wrote, I am an exceptional wife today parentheses, this might be hard to do today. <laughs> right? Right? And so I want you to think about some affirmations and you can Google this, you can find lots and lots of examples. But once you come up with your affirmations and you begin to write them every day, you write them. You have to come up with a time. Do you want to write them in the morning when you get up? Do you want to write them before you go to bed? But I want you to choose some affirmations to write, and I want you to write them every single day. But I don't want you just to write them. I want you to feel them. I want you to feel them as if the universe is shifting right now, and it is sending you that. You are already thanking the universe for whatever it is that you want to start embodying in your life. Because when we write these affirmations, we retrain our neural pathways, we retrain our thought patterns, and that in itself downloads a new set of beliefs. It's almost like a software up update, my friends. It's almost as if you are extracting these old limiting beliefs and you are downloading a new set of beliefs that are powerful and full of potential. And we know that the more you tell yourself this, the more you begin to believe it, and the more you begin to believe it, the more you start to take positive actions in your life to help that dream come true. And I'm going to end this with one of my favorite quotes from Paulo Coelho. And Paulo says, when you want something, all the universe conspires in helping you to achieve it. You know, I've heard this many times, but I believe what he is saying is when you believe with everything that you have that you can achieve this desired goal or this desired outcome and that you are reminding yourself of this 
over and over and over and over. What I believe he is saying is all of the universe shifts. Things shift. People, circumstances, opportunities, experiences. It's as if the universe begins to align to your passion-filled desire. And that, my friends, that's how miracles come true. And so I really encourage you to spend some time thinking about the power of your thoughts and how you can retrain your brain so that you create a new neural pathway, which creates unlimited possibilities for you. All right. I want to end today with honoring another joyful woman of the week. This week's joyful woman is a lady named Jordan Turner. And Jordan is somebody in the She Finds Facebook group who's highly engaged. She's always watching my Facebook lives. She's commenting. She's sharing things that she's putting into action. And recently, I taught about the power of affirmations and gratitude in the She Finds Joy Facebook group. And what I loved about Jordan is she taught her elementary age daughter, Harley, how to write affirmations. And I loved, she was posting in there daily, you know, what, what Harley's affirmations and gratitudes were and what hers were. And I thought, what a wonderful example, because this is something we need to teach kids. I believe it needs to be part of our school curriculum. We need to teach kids how to write their gratitudes, how to write their affirmations, how to download a new set of beliefs in who they are and how they want to show up in the world. So this is a shout out to Jordan Turner and her daughter, her daughter, Harley. Keep writing those affirmations and keep being a wonderful role model to her, Jordan. Whoop, whoop, we did it. Thank you so much for joining me on the She Finds Joy podcast today. I'm super honored to share this space with you and I hope you learned something new and helpful. As always, this conversation will be continued in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to kimstrobel.com forward slash she finds joy to connect with other joy seekers just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time joining the show, know that I am here every Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can go to that directly if you go to kimstrobel.com forward slash podcast. That will put you in Apple Podcast where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down just a little bit, you will be able to leave that five-star review and just leave me a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. It really helps me. If you let me know how the show has impacted you and how you are striving for more joy in your life, you might be nominated to be the Joyful Woman of the Week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more women unleash their happiness one daring day at a time. So please take a screenshot on your phone, share it out on social media, tag your friends, tag me at Kim Strobel Joy on Instagram or in our Facebook group, kimstrobel.com forward slash she finds joy. I'm quick to reply, and I am super eager to send you some Facebook love. 
it makes my heart happy to be able to connect and surround myself with other women who are all ready to do this work. So thanks for being here and I'll be back next week. Until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you know that you are enough just as you are. Here's to finding more joy.